Hello once again, Conversion Church. I'm Antoine, and with me as always is Blake. Say hey, Blake. Hey, Blake. And our editing ninja, Brad. Uh, so last week, we, I think, had a pretty good topic and everything like that. And I, uh, I know we said that we were going to continue it on this week, but we got a couple questions that I thought would make a pretty good podcast. Uh, how you feel about it? All right? Yep. Okay, so there's only a couple, so I'll do the first one, and I'll read the first one, and then we can talk about it, and then you can read the second one. So the first question is, does one choose their own faith? Mm. And this one was important, I think, to me anyway, or one that interested me, because it kind of goes into my testimony. Um, I feel like they do but that's a loaded answer in a way because my testimony is those of you that don't know um when i was seven i did the dance you know talked to a preacher and he asked me questions and read some verses and stuff like that and he he asked i wanted to pray with him and i prayed with him and then i remember saying amen and like my mom was crying my mama was crying everybody was happy and I didn't know why, I didn't understand. I was just happy that they were happy. And that was my faith from probably the time I was seven until I was about 17. Um, and that's when we went to a youth conference, I think in like Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge. And this guy was, I think he preached about the goats and the sheep and you know, my salvation was something I had been doubting for a while because it wasn't something that I had accepted for myself. You know, I was just doing what made people happy, and because we live in the Bible Belt, it's just what everybody does. Yeah. Um, so it was just the thing to do. You always went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You went to VBS, you went to Sunday school, you did all the stuff. But then when I was 17, it was different, and I was actually confronted for the first time with... Um, you know God and the fact that he loved me and and that Jesus had died for me and that the Holy Spirit would you know be pushing me forward towards a destiny that he created me to be and uh, I'm not saying that you know I've got all the answers but I feel like that's the big problem for where we're at is that church is just the normal thing to do and I think that this is you know, it's not unique to me and my testimony. You know, I feel like that there are several people that have that share the same experience. Um, you know, and I mean, I remember like going to boot camp, and like in boot camp, there was all different kinds of religions, and all different kinds of people believed different stuff, and there was even some people that had like Jedi printed on their their ID tag. I'm pretty sure that was a joke, but I mean, it's a real church. It's a real tax free. <laughs> her tax exempt like institution uh the jedi church or whatever they call it i forget it's a real thing um and for half a second i thought about being one of those guys that, put, that was like jedi and like you know but i mean i was confronted with a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds from not just a different state but you know different countries and stuff like that and like um you know, and I feel like it's just a question that a lot of people eventually have to, uh, because of where we live in the Bible Belt, I feel like when we're confronted with something different, it's it can be dangerous, and that's why I kind of really like this question and why 
I felt like it was one that we should probably tackle today. I don't know. How do you feel? Yeah, no, I uh, definitely think that's a good point and good take on it. Um, um, I'm more on the side, you know, kind of agreeing with you on, on the idea of it is a loaded question because I think if I had to give a face value answer, the answer is no. Um, does one choose their faith? No, absolutely not. If you honestly... I mean, that's kind of the definition of... Anyways, I'm sorry, explain. No, I mean, yeah, because again, it's, a, it's loaded, so it's not my concrete answer, but no, and, and the idea of, if I, if I was born in Asia, yeah, I would probably have a different belief system. I, I met a girl the other day in the, in the parking lot of Target, and she was telling me about how she is from essentially this, uh, this, this culture, this Asian culture, and how she, was grew, she grew up Buddhist. Yeah. And so um, after several, several, several years of her growing up in, in this culture, she's now a little bit more acceptable um, to other other belief systems and other theologies, and uh, it was just very interesting to see that even after moving, her background, her origin, still um, played a huge, significant role. Which 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 goes to show you, if it, again, if I was born in Asia or Africa, um, you would more than likely, at least for the most part, be raised in a different faith than you are now. Yeah. Um, so the idea at first glance would be no. Uh, however, however, I, I do think, um, or even before I actually move on, uh, you know, there's actually um, people still around the, around the world who actually still live, uh, and, and this is a little controversial, but with sacrificial systems as well. Uh, so they still sacrifice and still do things like that. Uh, now, they're, they're primitive and they're barbaric cultures, yeah. but they still do exist. And so, yes and no. No to the, extent, uh, to the extent of where am I born, do I pick my faith originally and my origin? No. But then what happens is this is, becomes a problem in our culture, in the West, in the Bible Belt, especially because what happens is, you know, one of my favorite quotes is the, un, the, the, the familiarity becomes unfamiliar, right? The regular becomes um, not really important anymore. It becomes uh, diluted, in yeah. any extent to where it's just it's just common now to be be a Christian a Bible believing Christian, and the problem with this is you lose the true power of the faith that you're claiming. So, like you said, for example, you uh, accepted Christ at a young age, um, though at least that's what you were alluded to believe in. And it was this idea of okay, well, this is what I believe, but then something happened. There was some kind of divine moment that shifted that later into you stepping into real liberation and real experience uh, with the divine. And so even using that example, if you will, what happens is as we grow up so familiar in this area that we really lose the power of what we're claiming that we believe. And so there does have to be a point to where you choose something. Yeah. If it is to keep this origin or not, that's up to you. Uh, And some never make that. Some live in that life and and they live to what they were brought up. And then some people choose to live how they were brought up and then some people don't question it at all and, and some people may go to another faith um, but to say that your origin or your birthplace has nothing to do with if you chose your faith or not I think that that's a little far-fetched to, to yeah, just completely throw off the table however um, if you take for example uh, I heard about a mission trip that went to Africa and there was people again still there are some cultures in, in Africa right now 
who are still practicing some primitive sacrificial systems. Now, there was an African minister who actually was led to Jesus, right? Yeah. Uh, and, he was, and he's quoted as saying, Jesus saves the chickens and the goats, right? So it's this <laughs> idea of, of, of liberation from having to live essentially yeah. under the law. Now, yeah. obviously, it's different context, but essentially under this idea of the gods have to be pleased with me all the time. You know, because if you go through Leviticus, the whole point, I'm, I'm in the process of going through this commentary on Leviticus, and, and the whole point of it is this idea of this God allows you to know where you stand. Mm-hmm. This God uh, doesn't isn't angry at you. He's not going to punish you. You don't have to give anything for this God to make it rain next year. You don't have to, you know, give your firstborn child for this God to have favor on your life. Yeah. This God actually provides his son. This God is the provider. And all the way through Hebrew culture, we see this. Um, and so... You do essentially have to find this, but I think the, the the important part is you choose your faith when you really start to understand what your faith or originated from. Mm. What's the purpose of my faith? My faith is to liberate slaves thousands of years ago. That's where that tribe came from. That's the heart of the gospel that we have. And you see this from Isaiah, right? In Isaiah 60, uh, I think it might be in Isaiah 60, it talks about this idea, this language of liberation, that this, that this Christ is going to liberate us from slavery. We see 600, we fast forward 600 years, we see Luke echoing this, mm-hmm. and then we fast forward thousands of years and we're still echoing this to the Bible Belt. There is liberation through the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of, listen, there is power in this faith. And so once you choose your faith, you know, the quote here from the question, once you choose your faith, then you step into a whole new paradigm shifter that's really going to uh, impact and have profound implications on how you live life daily. Because here, there's a lot of uh, Christian colleges in the area, a lot of churches, we're one of them. And it's essentially uh, appalling to see how many born-again believers, quote-unquote, still live in captivity and slavery and still in cycles and still finding their identity and how many bricks that they make, you know what I mean, going back to that Old yeah. Testament. I think it's the most frustrating thing to me. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's to you as well because it's, it's one of the big things that we talked about, you know, like, what, two years ago when we were, you know, when, when this was just an idea and not just the podcast, but the church in general, like it's frustrating because there's a lot of people that they, they're, it's not about faith. Like I understand that, you know, faith without works is dead and all that stuff, but like they focus so much on the works and I don't, I'm trying not to step on any toes, but like a lot of people around here, modern day, Pharisees in that sense of that they have become so reliant upon tradition and how things were done and stuff like that that if Jesus if instead of coming to earth 2,000 years ago if he came back today they would not accept his message and they would not be about anything that he was trying to bring about any change he was trying to bring about and I mean that's why we're we're doing this podcast we're doing this church is you know, I mean, I want, at least me personally, and part of the reason why I think that God called me to do this is because, like I said, with my testimony, you know, I mean, I was, that was me. 
a long time ago. When I say a long time ago, it's only been, I'm only, what, 24 or so, seven years? Yeah. Oh, I'm old. Yeah. But, uh, um, you know, like, there, when you actually start to read the Bible for yourself, and instead of just taking the word of pastors, your parents, us, I mean, you know, don't, I'm not saying that, like, you know, we're not perfect, and we're just trying, or at least I'm just trying to get you to to ask yourself these questions, ask your friends these questions, your family, whatever. I want to get you thinking because once I started to, to study all this out for myself, I found that a lot of what I was doing and how I was living wasn't bringing me fulfillment yeah. and bringing me to that destiny that God called me to be. You see, I, th- I think it's funny, though, because I see a lot of the opposite. I see a lot of... A lot of people have faith, absolutely, mm-hmm. but nobody has works. See, what I mean, like uh, I, I think there's a difference in what you're talking about with like what we call blue collar serving, right? If a tree falls in the road, you have 40 redneck dudes around here chainsawing that bug up before you know the cops even get called. Or, yeah. You know. So yeah, somehow that tree falls over, and like, just everybody. <laughs> Simon, mama, so, yeah, tree but, fell over again. Uh, which is awesome. It's awesome, but uh, I, I feel it. I, I do think that there is a difference between um, the. the there's a categorical issue here uh, between serving and works. And I know that that, that gets a little edgy. We're going to talk about that more uh, on another podcast because we're actually hitting that next week on the series. However, I I I did think it was interesting to chime in, at least enough to make a note on it. Um, A lot of people, especially in this area, have faith Mm -hmm. that heaven's coming to earth. A lot of people have faith that tomorrow's going to be a good day. Tomorrow, you know, people have faith that their problems are going to be worked out. People have faith that God has good and, 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 and restoration for their future and they have faith but yet we don't like to do our part and that's why James says hey Bubba without, you know, faith's great but without that works faith is, is dead saying, yeah. and so it's great to have faith in tomorrow I hope if you're in, in, a, in a dark spot that you have faith for the future and you absolutely but you also got to work till it gets there. Yeah. You also got to put your 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 microphone into your computer until it gets there. You know what I mean? You got, you got to wake up the next day. I remember uh, when we first started this church plant, we were in a high school at one point, and we promoted this big series. And I think this is important to talk about your failures, especially. And we were so excited. I, I spent so much time on it, and we got out, and um, it just didn't land. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of one of those like creative processes that you try just to see if it sticks and it doesn't. Or you read a couple of books of the Bible with people yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And I remember going back after the, like, it, there was kind of like a backstage area, which is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. I remember kind of walking in the back and just kind of like, be, I was in like a restroom and, and just pretty much weeping. Um, and Shane Cheatham came back there and uh, was like, okay. You know, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you sit here for a minute, um, but but then what? Are you gonna do this next week? Are we done? Mm. Or are you gonna put your shoes back on? And we're gonna, you know, you have faith this is gonna work. Awesome. But are you gonna work till it happens? You yeah. know what I mean? And I'll never forget that. And that, that moment really meant a lot to me because that was a moment that I honestly thought this is this this is not gonna work there's no way they don't, these people don't want it they don't want the progression they don't they don't want the change they don't they, you know we're too far um, and just having and sometimes it's important just to have someone to remind us that too of 
of listed faith about a better tomorrow. Absolutely, God give you a dream, and He wouldn't give you that not to uh, just to take it away, right? But at the same time, it's important to have someone maybe older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more mature, who could come along and say, "Listen, man, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Tomorrow's coming. Yeah, that faith that you were, you know, that you have, it's it's coming." But yeah, that all is embodied to me in this idea of choosing what we call our faith. And that's a whole other topic for another day. Yeah. So we'll go go to the next question. Okay. Uh, Having a good time. Uh, This is my favorite question in the world. Uh, So I'll read it to you and uh, give you an input. Or you want me to get whatever? Yeah, you can go ahead and go first. I'll go first. Thank you. So so flattering. Yeah, I know, right? I'm Uh, I'm a generous toast. (laughs) I've been talking for a while. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) How how does the Bible apply today? Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, I figured you'd go. I started with the... No, I started with the... Okay. I started with the first one, so I figured you could start with the second one. Fair, fair, fair. Cool, 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 cool. All right. How does the Bible apply today? You get this a lot. Because, first of all, it's important to know the Bible is recorded history. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day, and it, it was talking about the idea of how much actual history has been dug up to support the Bible. Now, it's important to now, understand this. It's important to understand this. A lot, if not all, of the things that happened, at least from like Exodus onwards, um, it, it, there is some... Not just some, there's substantial evidence to support some historical events. Things like King David, mm-hmm. uh, all of the, you know, the, 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 the emperors that rise and fall. We, we see, we can actually find in, 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 uh, architectural evidence that supports these. And so it's important to know that this is history that is recorded. And that's why sometimes the Bible, if there's something in it that's like polygamy, doesn't necessarily mean the Bible's condoning it. It's mm-hmm. recording what happened at the time. And so uh, we miss a lot of this, by the way, in yeah. the West, because a lot of the things that are into the scriptures, if you don't do your homework, if you don't know the culture, if you don't investigate, you miss a lot of the centric themes that are going on. A lot of things that in English translation sounds like very black and white and clear, when you really get into the translations and you find out what this was talking about, why was this talking about it, and remember, if it was recorded and it was written down in oral tradition and it survived for this long, it's probably important, even just on a humanistic side. I'm not even talking about the divinity side of it. Just the humanistic side. People have kept this around for a reason. It was important to memorize and tell your tribes at night why. You know, I think so we can read something and be like, okay, that's just a generic story. Uh, they had to memorize this for a reason. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, first of all, it's important to understand the fact that there is recorded history that can validate this. So, now, again, I, I must say this quick disclaimer. This is not necessarily authenticity for the divine, even though I do perfectly believe it. Um, this is just recorded history. A lot of people will, will agree with, the, uh, with, with this concept. It's just recorded history that we can go back and find. Now, with that being said, and I wanted to kind of give a quick foundation there. I'm sorry, I hope yeah, that's, that's not fun. too long. Um, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to give that quick foundation there. Build this house. Because it's important to understand when you ask questions like, what is the Bible relevant now? This is just a recorded history from thousands of years ago. 
But understand the things that are recorded are things like advancements in new technology. Mm-hmm. Even in Genesis, when Nimrod, right, is you, you see the discovery of the brick. Yeah. And the Tower of Babel. And then we see the, how this leads to the Hebrew people in the captivity for 400 years doing what? Making bricks. So what happens when new technology comes? Yeah. People abuse it and use their power. Even King Solomon builds his temple to God. The God that freed the Hebrew people of slavery with slave labor. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Do you see why maybe this is important? You see what I'm saying? You see the problem of what happens when people rise to power and they begin to abuse it in the name of God. Mm. You see what I'm saying? It's just like when... uh, I mean, it's the same with like if we didn't record our own history, like American history or whatever. There was... My dad, uh, when he was doing seminary at Liberty, there was they he does he went online and they sent him like video like they'd record lectures and send them to him and have to he'd have to watch the lectures and take notes and whatever. That's how online works. Okay, <laughs> I'm just laying a foundation, but thank you, Brad. But uh, um, they he had said it's the same it's the same quote that everybody says about history. If you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. And like he goes into the history of the church and stuff, and like, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just saying yes, I agree with what you have said up to this point. But and like, uh, you know, I, it's like you say, even if you even if you took it took it from not just a history standpoint, but even from a literature standpoint. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Sorry. And, I was just building the foundation. <laughs> Not my bad. Um, but, well, all right, I'll just shut up and keep going then. Uh, no, you're doing good. No, I was passing that off to you. No, but, like, even from just a literature standpoint of, like, you know, people, it's like people don't argue about uh, the Odyssey of the Iliad. And even though they're boring now and they're hard to get through unless you're like me and love to read and is like, I'm like a super nerd about stuff like that and like you got like Beowulf one of the the, the oldest poems in the English language that um, Gerald Tolkien did a translation of that to get sidetracked for a second I want to get that and read that but anyway um, you know you don't argue about things like that like there, there are things where you can take examples of whether it's you know Courage, heroism, life lessons, like with Aesop's Fables, where he just wrote all different kinds of crazy stories to give morals to if you took it from just a literature standpoint and studied it out as far as like studying characters and things like that. Like like what I was referencing to earlier was one of the last times that I preached, I literally basically just told two stories about Esther and Ruth. And in Esther and Ruth, God isn't even... In, in in Esther, God isn't mentioned one time by any narrator or anything like that. Like he's not like as far as him intervening in their story, and like you're just reading about uh, uh, this story of like real human emotions, real mess that is human life, and you kind of have to look for God's uh, input in the story. Even though when you look back, the footprints are everywhere. Or like in Ruth. The narrator doesn't mention God at all, but the characters mention God once or twice, and it's the same kind of story. And like, uh, so even if you take God 
out of it and the divinity out of it, God is still there and stuff. But if you just look at it from a literary standpoint, you've got the parables that teach life lessons just like Aesop's fables or things like that and different things like there there's so much you can take from the Bible even if you take the divinity out divinity out of it even though like you I uh, obviously believe that the Bible is divine Richard, I mean, inspired Richard, and stuff like that even Richard Dawkins will, will admit that 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 it is unquestionable um, about the fact is has the Bible shaped modern day culture in the form of literature mm-hmm. and how much of an impact does the Bible have on literature like just on the poetic side alone just some of the stories and that's why when you hear people like oh this has a lot in common with this origin story yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah yes. it does absolutely because what happens is is you, you, you get these stories that alright so the, uh, the there was one that the Babylonians had and it was called the Aluma Anish. Mm-hmm. And this story was essentially about the god Murdoch pretty much just destroying the other god. And then at the, pretty much the creation of the world came from violence. Yeah. But then you have another story come out of a Hebrew tribe. Yeah. Right? And the story is essentially along the lines of this god created us and he loves us and he created mm-hmm. us in his image so we can create. And then we have the story of Adam and Eve. And we have this story because at this time it's important to note that women did labor. And obviously, the women that did later by the men would go off to, to war, fighting for their god. And so, what what happened is they couldn't procreate, right? They couldn't um, pretty much populate the the, the the tribe, yeah, because they're having miscarriages because of the labor. Because and so, what yeah. happens with Adam and Eve? We see the story of the men will produce for their family by working in the field. That was a revolutionary claim, which then gives women right off the bat from the beginning the upper hand. They are going to bear children. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That was yeah. a revolutionary claim for that day because you have to understand that Genesis really starts surfacing around the same time in the Babylonian culture that all these other origin stories are surfacing out of. So what they're doing is they're taking these similarities and they're saying this comes out of love. And so you have this progression, progression throughout the Bible that is coming forward. And so how does the Bible apply today? Well, here's the questions you would have to answer for that. Um, okay, well, what is the whole point of Leviticus? It is, a, it is a justice system. It is a way of slaves and captivity that are freed and are now being told how to live together and how to eat and trade and, and buy and sell and marriage and, and, and co- just completely live together in solidarity and have legal systems. Um, and how to live without war with a, from each other. And so then you go throughout, okay, what does it look like after the people rise up? Uh, what, how, do we, how does it look in power? How does it look with political systems? How does it look with us living together in solidarity now? They even had stuff for like... Uh sanitary whatever like how to stay clean like yeah it's incredibly important that's like when you go back to the hebrew tradition of the living water so like they would have this tradition that still water uh, was essentially bad right Mm -hmm. so it was essentially represented evil and evil spirits and death and and it's actually you know tied in with the abyss and hell and all these things but then the the, we we know the parable of of the running water the living water that's honestly just basic nature 101 yeah don't drink from still water from the running water. I mean, so is the Bible relevant now? Well, you would have to answer the question, okay, well, do we need justice systems? Do we need legal systems? Do we need to know how to live together? Or let's just get modern-day society. Do we need to know how to live together in solidarity? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do people supposed to treat each other? Mm-hmm. You know, what about political systems? What happens if an emperor rises 
right? It abuses the power. These are questions that not only are necessary for today, but we have historic evidence to how this plays out if we go this way. We don't, it, it's very interesting to me because it has more of this history side to it, but it also has where it speaks to us today because where half of the Bible is this is God, and this is God telling the Hebrew people to draw near, and this God will supply, but the other half is people saying, where is God? And so now let's get out of the history and the political and the, and the, and the, and the, and the poetry, and then we get into the part of these people are attacking and wrestling and addressing the exact same questions that you find find yourself with today you know so David was one of the you know the guy he's quoted through all the limitations in the middle of the book you know there's things that he'll say about political stances since he had a pretty good idea on that (laughs) (laughs) he would say things like I don't trust in the chariots we put our trust in God revolutionary for its day right because especially in a tribe land that was essentially ran by the idea of my God kills your God. Yeah. So he's pretty much saying, well, listen, we're... But well, like literally the whole history of it was just them fighting and Yeah, and, and so, and, but then at the same time you see the same person say, um, God, where are you? They're going to kill me. We see yeah. we see David self-harming himself. My pillow is like soaked with my tears. Yeah, and, and, and that's where you get the Psalms 23, and it's just... What? Yeah. You know, even if you just took the limitations, you have political powers, and, and then you have solidarity of how to live together, and then more importantly, you have him wrestling, and then you see, and how, and how does this fit today? One minute, you're like, oh, God, you're so good. You are, you are my shepherd. I love you so much. You're always with me. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You made me a table. You gave me something to eat, which is super divine in Hebrew culture, but then the next couple chapters you find yourself saying god do you even exist yeah (laughs) what yeah what kind of poetic justice is that and then we say do we need this today Mm. but yet we still have people saying am i the only one feeling this way yeah am i the only one who truly doesn't feel like god is here right now like uh, you look around it's like is everybody really getting this and i'm the only one that's like missing out on whatever the freak has got people so yeah i mean jesus's whole point of view here is 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 to start a revolution of solidarity and something to unite all of us so i would ask do we need that today (laughs) yes definitely a resounding yes well for the sake of time i'm I'm gonna hush because i can go on that for literally oh yeah this is i think we have a few more. We might, I think, ultimately, I think we got about nine mm. of these. Yeah. We've done two today. Um, I think we may answer some more later because I feel like it goes on for, I mean, like you said, we could probably go back and forth about this for well into the night, burning the midnight oil, so to speak. Um, well, I hope that y'all have enjoyed listening. I have. I've enjoyed taking and being a part of this conversation. And, I mean, if y'all have any questions or anything, uh, don't be afraid to send them in. we got a link on our page that you can send us questions, and we'll definitely figure out how to fit them into the conversation. And hopefully this sparks a conversation that you can have, uh, you know, with your family, your friends, and things like that. Um, this has been awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is really, I feel like this is maybe the first good one. <laughs> 
No, but um, I agree. Thank you, Brian, for <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Brad, for once again being here and editing out all of my mumblings and ramblings and stuff and and all that. Um, well, I'm excited to see you all next week. Well, I won't see you, but I'm excited to see you guys next week and get to some more of these questions because it's been fun. Right, be blessed.